Welcome to the Why 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 Show, a comedy podcast about such histories, life, and rainy rain and cold toes. I'm Jingan and I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YYYShow on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Alright. I agree with you that it is very cold. Mm, indeed. Mm. In Singapore, it is raining. It's the rainy season. Yeah. Just now when I say cold toast, I thought you say cold toast, like my toast is cold. <laughs> you mean cold toast, like toast on my I feet, right? cold toast, not cold toast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, let's start the show. So, Jingan, what is your search term of the week? My search term is... Why do we yawn? Because our brain needs oxygen. Lah. Is that your explanation? Uh, yeah. That is incorrect. Huh? No! No, I am correct. How can I be wrong? I was so confident. I was so confident about it. <laughs> it's not me. Yeah, it's... that's the common explanation and it was the prevailing theory for a long time. Huh? But it is not correct. Huh? When did they update this? <laughs> that's what I learned in school. <laughs> By the way, do you know that other animals also yawn? Yes. I see before. Mm-hmm. Animals yawn. Yeah, so mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, and even fish also yawn. Okay. Yeah. Fish yawn meh. Fish yawn. I will Google it later. I want to watch a fish yawn. So do you know that snakes yawn not because they're tired? Wait, 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 wait. Snakes yawn not because they're tired. Snakes yawn to open their mouth very big so that they can feed the thing that they want to eat inside their mouth. No, 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 no. It's after they eat. They already like open their jaw, right? Uh-huh. Because actually their upper jaw and their lower jaw is not connected. Uh-huh. So not like ours. Uh-huh. So it can open very wide and stretch so that you can swallow very big food, right? Mm-hmm. So then after that whole process of eating, they will stretch it. That's why they will yawn. Oh. So it's like a bit like readjustment like that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I thought they had to yawn to stretch their mouth before they open it very big. So it's not. It's after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, ah. mm-hmm. So like I'm trying to like list the different animals yawning because... It's similar to our yawn, but sometimes it has different purpose. purpose or functions. I see. Yeah, so like for example, lions, right? After they yawn together, right? They coordinate their movement better. So like what? for hunting and defending, etc., right? They <gasps> actually coordinate better after yawning together. What <laughs> This is what, uh... <laughs> like, you know, yawning is contagious, right? So uh-huh. in the lion pride also, it's the same. So they all yawn together. Then yeah. they can coordinate better later. Yeah, correct. What? Then, then the baboons, right, special type of baboons, actually have three distinct types of yawns that convey different messages, like friendliness or aggression. Huh? Yeah. What is an angry yawn? Some animals yawn when they're stressed. Huh? Like dogs, yeah. There's a stress yawn and a tired yawn. And a, like an empathy yawn. Empathy yawn? <laughs> <laughs> what? You keep saying yawn, 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 it may feel like yawning. Yes. 
Correct. We do feel like yawning when we hear people say yawn. Why? <laughs> yes, we do with now the we, empathy yawn. Now we're making our listeners feel like yawning also. <laughs> what okay. are you doing to us? <laughs> Before we get into like the why do we yawn, right? The big topic. Like, you know the study of yawning, right? It's called chasmology. What? I would have thought that it will be called yawnology. Yeah, I also thought so. Lah, but it's not. What? It's chasmology. Eh. Chasmology. Like chasm, like a gap. Uh-huh. A chasm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So it's because the old English word for yawn is ginian, which means to open your mouth wide or gape. Then gape is related to gap. Uh-huh. So then like chasm. Oh. So it's like, it's a wide opening, basically. Oh, okay. So our mouth yeah. is the chasm yeah. that the scientists are researching. Studying, yes, oh yes. my god, okay. I'm so amazed that yeah, a lot of people are studying this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Legitly. Mm. <laughs> okay, so yes, there are a few scientific theories as to why we yawn. The first one is what you said. Maybe it's to increase the oxygen intake to your brain. And expulse the extra carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so this happens when we are tired, la, like there's more carbon dioxide in our body or something. So mm. this is a myth. Because when the scientists did experiment, right, they make the volunteers breathe in four types of air with varying ratios of carbon dioxide and oxygen. The higher ratios of carbon dioxide actually did not make people yawn more. Eh? Eh? So hmm. it's just the air that they breathe in like, got a higher ratio of carbon dioxide, but they didn't yawn more. Hmm. That means our science teachers were wrong. <laughs> yes, okay, so in recent studies, it's more likely that yawning is the body's way of controlling the brain temperature. Hmm. So when we work or like when we do things, do tasks, our brain is like a computer, you know? Like mm-hmm. use too much RAM, right? Then mm. you overheat. Uh-huh. So... When that happens, we yawn. Oh. Okay, so because yawning has two parts. The stretching your jaws part, right? Ah, like mm-hmm, that, right? Mm-hmm. When you yawn, it will increase your rate of blood flow to the skull. Mm-hmm. Then the second part is when you inhale the cold air through your nasal cavity, it actually transfers the cool down in temperature to your brain. Oh, so the blood rush up, then the air go in, then after that, the blood move around your body and takes away the heat together with the cool air, something, something. Something, something, yes. So how did they actually prove that this is correct? So what they do, right, is they make people watch yawning videos mm-hmm. of other people yawning, <laughs> which normally causes people to yawn. Okay. <laughs> and one group had cold pack on their heads and the other group without. The people without the cold packs, they yawn 41% of the time and the group with the cold packs yawn 9% of the time. Oh my god, that's that funny! 9% eh? <laughs> There's a group of people inside the lab with the cold pack on the head <laughs> yeah. watching, watching the yawning video. Exactly. <laughs> Scientists are really got cold yawns. Yeah, very... Very innovative, right? <laughs> People must be like, what is this experiment? Yeah, what is this experiment for? What's, what's going on? Okay. Yeah, so scientists basically think about yawning in the scientific point of view, which is like the cooling down of the brain's temperature. And also the other function is a social function. Mm-hmm. Which is, have you heard of the, how do you test whether somebody is a sociopath? How? When you yawn, then the person doesn't yawn back. 
Hmm. Cause the person doesn't feel empathy oh. for you. What if the person is just distracted? He's just thinking like what to eat later, then he never really like he saw you yawn but he never registered that you yawn. Maybe like you must yawn a few times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you must catch his eye. Catch his eye. Are you look at me? Are you looking at me? You look yeah, at me yeah, already, yeah, then yeah, you yeah, yawn. <laughs> then you stare at the person. <laughs> then if you think, okay, maybe he's distracted one more time. And it must be a real yawn, you real yawn. Oh oh oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. So, so is that true? So we postulate that yawning is like howling in a wolf pack. Oh my god. That's our way of a silently howling. howling. <laughs> the human silent howl. Like have you seen those videos on the internet where the huskies yes, one of yes, them yes. howl, then the other one howl? Yes, yes. It's yes. like it's contagious. Yes, yes. So yes. it's the same as like yawning yes. with humans. Aha, uh-huh. so yawning is the human's way of silently howling. howling. <laughs> Yeah, so why it's contagious may have to do with mirror neurons, Mm -hmm. which is uh, something that we evolved so that we can copy each other better, which is very useful in a social setting for humans to progress as humans. Yes. By the way, speaking of these mirror neurons, right? Mm. Uh, After I know about it through doing this podcast, Mm -hmm. then I observe at the traffic light when sometimes there are those very busy traffic lights, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm standing opposite somebody. Mm. Then sometimes I do some action, like put my hands on my hips. <laughs> <laughs> I observe that the people across the road also will put their hands on the hips. You do it on purpose. <laughs> uh, sometimes I do on purpose, <laughs> just to see what people will do. Then sometimes I like scratch my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Then, see yeah, they yeah, copy. yeah. then sometimes I, I pat the music, the timing of the music to my thigh. Then mm. I observe the people opposite will suck consciously pat the music <laughs> tempo on their tire so it's very funny that's very funny indeed okay <laughs> that's on. a very funny prank <laughs> harmless prank <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway we guess that yawning has to do with empathy as well because mm-hmm. empathy is very important in a social setting mm-hmm. for us to work together la, to mm-hmm. progress right so they actually found that in dogs Dogs yawn when humans yawn. Mm. Especially humans that are familiar to them. So they actually found that dogs yawn more when they hear familiar yawns compared to stranger yawns. So cute! Oh my goodness! (laughs) Yeah, so they also think that contagious yawning may have evolved to boost group vigilance amongst animals that are living cooperatively. So for example, just now the yawning of the lions, mm-hmm. like they yawn together, and after everybody yawn, then everybody's brain temperature go down, mm-hmm. then they're all more alert and synchronized. <laughs> so you can't get over the synchronized thing. It's like, how in the world? <laughs> after they yawn together, then they can like do a dance routine. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking about that. It's like, is it those K-pop stars? They have to like, one, two, three, all yawn together, <laughs> then go on stage to perform. Yeah, correct. Okay, but... A lot of scientists still think that there's much to be studied about yawning. Because uh. we still don't know a lot. Like, for example, one scientist said that she didn't observe whether the incidence of yawning contagiousness led to the hunting success or, like, other favorable outcomes for animals. So there's so, a lot more to be done. Yes. Maybe they'll update more, us in, like, 10, 20 years again. A lot more yawning experiments to be done. Mm. Mm. Over the yawning. Irex. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Why are you not amused by it? Do, 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 do. Alright, it's time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. So Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? So this week, we have Brian, our long-time listener and contributor. Mm-hmm. He keeps giving us more search terms than we can search Yeah, on the show. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, the first one is a question. Mm-hmm. Does milk really help us have stronger bones? As a non-milk drinker, I rarely drink milk. I dislike the taste of it and the smell. Uh-huh. I think do you think your bones, bones are weaker? Are not weaker <laughs> than the average human. Not weaker, is it? Yeah, I don't uh, think. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I think my calcium intake is from elsewhere. Anchovies, maybe. Ikambilis. Oh yeah, I do eat right? ikambilis. Yeah, because in, in our diet in Singapore, there's a lot of ikambilis. And then we have established that in an earlier search term that ikambilis is a good source of calcium. Mm. Well, anyway, hmm, I don't think so. Leh. I think it helps us have more calcium, but not to the point where bones are stronger. Hmm. <gasps> it is a myth. Really? Yep. There was a large-scale Harvard study which followed 72,000 women for two decades and found no evidence that drinking milk can prevent bone fractures or osteoporosis. Hmm. It's a big milk industry. (laughs) Oh my god, not big pharma. Big milk. Big milk. (laughs) Okay. So we have read a few articles. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the general consensus by scientists is that the amount of milk that you consume doesn't really have a definitive link between strong bones or like the risk of bone fracture or osteoporosis in older age. Mm. Yeah. Milk didn't seem to make a difference to fracture rates. So you drink more milk, less milk does not affect whether you are more at risk of fractures or not. Mm. So that's essentially the long story short. Yes, but there are some cases, like for example, they say that in Japan and India, Mm -hmm. they are more lactose intolerant people. Mm -hmm. So the milk intake is lesser. Mm. So their corresponding rate of bone fractures and osteoporosis is also lower. But they are unsure whether it is because they have more weight-bearing activities. So they train their bones to be stronger. Lah. So, like, you know, that's through exercise. Exercise and their daily activities, right? Yeah. Okay. So, they're not sure whether these factors come into play ah. to make the bones stronger. You know? Okay. Yeah. And what's even more confusing, right, is mm. that there are some research from the Swedish side <laughs> where mm. they say that if you drink more than three glasses of milk a day, mm. which is way more than normal humans drink, mm. then it was no help to your bones and it might even harm you. Like, oh. your bones might become more brittle because it interacts with vitamin D or whatever else, chemicals, and then it will make you have a higher risk of bone fractures. But then, they're saying that these studies need more research also mm. because it's like, is it just there or is it everywhere? You know, yeah. does it apply to everyone everywhere? Yeah. Yeah. And also, there's another Swedish team mm. that found that cheese and yogurt consumption was associated with lower fracture rates. Yeah, you see, that's why it's very confusing. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. uh, I'm reading this white paper. It says that the elderly should not avoid milk and dairy products. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Because they're actually a source of uh, good protein and vitamin D and calcium and phosphorus and all the minerals and vitamins. Mm. So it's like it's a easy way to get the vitamins and minerals into their system. Mm. Yeah. Instead of taking like supplements. Yes, know? yes. Oh, yeah, about the supplements, right? Mm. They actually did experiment and then they saw that there was increase in bone strength for about a year or two. But after that, it just stopped. It will slow down. Oh. Yeah. So, and also the calcium supplements could only slow down rather than halt the loss of bone mineral density in old age. Oh. So mm. it can just slow down your deterioration process, mm-hmm. but it cannot fully stop it. Yeah. Uh. So it doesn't, it works, but it, it's not like magical. Yeah. And then they were <laughs> saying that if you, if you are the kind that cannot drink milk, milk, then maybe you can try like yogurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, in all, more studies needed. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> okay, his next question is, why don't billionaires end world hunger? Hmm, what a good question. Is it very difficult to end world hunger? Can you just buy food for everybody? Okay. Okay, one part of the answer is, like, for example, Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. have, I don't know, 177 billion or whatever number it is, mm-hmm. right? The problem is, that is his net worth and the majority of the money is not liquid. Mm. Like, it's not sitting in his bank account as cash. Yes. But it's rather sitting in his bank account as assets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, his company is yeah. worth how much? Yes, the like the shares of the Amazon much, is yeah. how much? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So he can't just like liquidate it. Mm. If he liquidate it, then the company will be in trouble. Mm. Then a lot of people will lose their jobs and whatnot, right? Yes. Then it causes much more chaos. So that's another problem. Mm. Yeah. So don't end a problem to create another problem. Mm. And also it won't end the problem itself. Because if you liquidate that entire cash and you split it amongst like, like let's say even if it's like 7 million people, let's say, are in poverty, right? Which is less than 1% of 7.5 billion, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, then. They will only get $26,000. Uh-huh. Which is so, not exactly enough to feed them for the, their entire lives, which yes. are decades, right? Yeah. Okay. So what is needed is like a system. Mm. So to end world hunger, the people in starving nations need help developing sustainable farming and agriculture. So they need to learn how to properly work the land. They need to develop infrastructure for it. It needs to be self-sustaining, right? They have to like develop irrigation, sewage, medicine, mm-hmm. this and that. Mm-hmm. Then they have to take care of the people's well-being. They have to have hospitals, education, this and that. Mm. So that they don't continue starving and then they as a society can improve. Yeah. So you can't just feed them for a week or a month <laughs> or a year. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think that you can uh, give them the stability of having a basic needs, needs met. met. Then, then they can focus on building these things. Yes, that's right. So these billionaires can actually do that, which they are already doing. Yes. There are philanthropic initiatives mm. and funds that they, they run Yeah, yes. to help these things mm-hmm. yeah but it's not so simple mm. hmm. they can't just buy away a burger and just like okay just eat this <laughs> <laughs> so back in 2021 mm-hmm. the chief for the world food program WFP mm-hmm. go and tweet mm-hmm. uh, Elon Musk and say that 2% of your wealth can end world hunger yeah 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 yeah. and Elon Musk is like okay if WFP can describe on this Twitter thread exactly how $6 billion will solve world hunger, I will sell Tesla stock right now and do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, I mean, after that, you know, to respond to all this, and mm. the UN made an outline of like how it could perhaps help world hunger. Mm-hmm. Cannot solve, but can help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they say that what they will set aside 3.5 billion on food and then deliver it to those most in need. So it will include the cost of shipping, storage, transport by air, road and river, and security escorts to safeguard the food distribution in all the conflict-affected zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then the money can provide one meal per person per day for a year. So it will keep tens of millions of people from starvation. The point of this is that how many 6 billion does Elon Musk and all the other billionaires in the world have to give? Yeah. So that's 3.5. Then the 2 billion, they want to like make like voucher program uh-huh, and uh-huh. then like get them to go to the places with markets mm-hmm. to choose the food that they want to eat or like buy from the local economy and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. But then, then again, it is the billionaires' money, right? Not the people's money. Yeah. So... At the end of it, right, even if they get these 6 billion and a few 6 billion, mm. they still need to work on the infrastructure. Yeah. They still need to solve the conflicts. Yes. Like, you know, try to find a peace treaty or a ceasefire yes. or something. Correct. So there's a lot more that needs to be done. Like, mm. the billionaire's 6 billion dollars mm-hmm. can only buy time. Yes. Mm. And the problem is uh, in a lot of these areas the leaders, mm-hmm. like the people in the political positions, mm-hmm. are the few super elite that are super rich compared to the rest of the people. Mm. And their concern is not to feed these people. Mm. is to keep their pockets well-lined, right? Mm. And to have the power or the influence. Yes, and then, okay, you might ask, why don't we just get rid of these people? But the getting rid of these people involves invading, bombing, War. So all of the people that are not well-fed don't want this to happen. Who is going to lead the country if there is no... Yeah, it creates a power vacuum also, right? (sighs) And then who is going to step up? And can the next person who step up be worse or better? Yes. Like, how do we know? And then if you go and bomb and invade the countries, then the people will suffer also, Mm. as if they're not suffering enough. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a fine line of like how much handouts to give and how much infrastructure needs to be done. And also like who are you to bomb other people's country, right? Like... Mm, that's true. <laughs> okay, so it's a delicate balance. So yes, we can get billionaires to give their money mm. and they have been giving their money mm. to feed people but it's just buying time. Mm. There is a deeper problem. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a chance to go somewhere to help build infrastructure for mm. a place, then mm. go and do it. Mm. Yeah, choose the little sector where you can help. Yes, be it talking about it, donating money, effort, energy. Mm. Yeah, whatever it mm. takes, everybody can help a little bit. Yes, and that matters. Yes, you can't possibly help every single thing. So just focus on the thing that you want to do, lah. Like, want to help. Okay, are we done for PSA? Yes. Okay, let's move on to the <laughs> next search term by Brian. It is. Shiver me timbers. Shiver me timbers. <laughs> it's like, the thing the... that the skeleton says. It's skeleton, eh? I thought it's pirate. No, ah. Oh. Skeleton, eh? Why, why do you think skeleton say? Because skeleton got no body, is it? That's why it's very cold. They say shiver me timbers, is it? I don't know, yeah. I just have the impression that it's a skeleton that says that. 
Huh, I think it's a pirate. Eh. Yeah, I think it's pirate also. Now that you see. But what does it mean and what is the origin of it? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> does it mean that what it's like it Yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. It's a speech of pirates. Okay. Shiver me timbers. What is timbers? Okay, okay, so what it means, right, is to express shock or surprise or annoyance. Huh? Oh, okay. I thought it just means very cold. <laughs> <laughs> like now, you know, Singapore is the monsoon season and I'm very cold. Shiver me timbers. timbers. No, no, oh, okay, no, 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 that's not it. Huh. <laughs> oh, the phrase originated from when the cannon would hit the ship or maybe like water, like the waves. Then the ship will shake. So it's shivering the timbers of the ship. Oh, Ooh, what? Yeah. Oh my goodness, the timbers is not the pirate's body. Eh. It's not like the bones of the pirate. You yeah, know? I also thought so. It's eh. not. It's the wooden support frames of a sailing ship. Interesting, interesting. Oh, and then it's supposed to convey a feeling of fear and awe, similar to, well, blow me down. The way to use shiver me timbers, right, is shiver me timbers, you are built right. Get out of me, rum. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I am not a pirate. Jian Chang to, Jian Chang to, to be a pirate. Also, Shiver Me Timbers is often said by Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah uh, yes, mm. and it's also commonly said by Popeye, Popeye the Sailor Man. Interesting, interesting. Okay, by the way, they think that pirates didn't actually say it. Oh, it's just popularized in books oh. like Treasure Island. Oh, yeah. I mean, we always do this. <laughs> Alright, that's the end of our special segment. So, Eliza, what is your search term of the week? My search term is... Why do roosters feel compelled to crow in the morning? Why? Why must they crow? You know, because yesterday morning, right? Mm. I accidentally woke up very early. Okay. Yeah, like before the sun even rises. And did you yeah, crow? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Did you crow? No, I'm not the rooster. <laughs> I'm going to say that I went cycling at Bishan Park. I thought you felt a compulsion to crow. No lah. <laughs> what nonsense. <laughs> then I went to Bishan Park then when I was cycling there, right? Then the sun was coming up. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh my goodness, a chorus of rooster sounds. <laughs> then I was like, looking at the roosters, right? It looks like they are compelled to make that sound, you know? I think, right? It's, it's like the they cannot help the it. howling and the yawning. It's contagious one. Uh-huh. Then when they hear each other, right? Then they will crow together. Uh-huh. But why in the morning? What's up with the morning? They are announcing to everybody uh-huh. that it is morning. Because if it's contagious, then afternoon and night, evening, every time, it will crow so. Sometimes they do, right? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you do. see them crow when it's not. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the morning one is what? They are telling everybody that it's morning. Just like how the crows <laughs> go caca in, in the evening, right? <laughs> to announce to everybody that sun is setting. Sun is setting. Sun is setting. <laughs> okay, okay. So you are quite correct. Oh, really? Yes, yes. So it is actually not the sun rising. And the change of light that cues them to crow. Huh? It's then not the it? light. Temperature. It's not the temperature. Then what? They wake up. Uh? They actually have an internal biological clock uh-huh. that keeps time. 
Okay. Uh-huh. And then when they anticipate that mm-hmm. it is around the break of dawn, mm-hmm. then they'll feel compelled to crow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The chicken circadian it's, rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> they see the light, then they're like, oh, I'm triggered to say, the sun is rising. It's not. Oh. It's inside their heart. Then they feel TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Oh, it's about time. I need <laughs> to crawl. <laughs> okay, can. A group of scientists, right? Japanese mm. scientists, they actually did experiments on roosters. Mm-hmm. So they keep the roosters, right, under 24 hours of dim light. Mm-hmm. So the roosters cannot see mm. whether the sun is rising or setting or what time is it. Mm-mm-mm. They still crow at the correct time. Oh, yeah. The roosters ran on a twenty-three point eight hour internal clock. <laughs> it's not twenty-four hours. It's twenty-three point eight. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And they will crow whenever they thought it was dawn. Like they Wait. know. Okay. Yeah. If it's 23.8 hours. Mm. It means that it will slowly get earlier. La. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still quite accurate. Oh, okay. Mm. okay. By a bit only. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was off by a tiny bit. Okay. Can yeah, you? so internally, right, without any external cues, right, mm-hmm. they will just feel compelled from the insides of their souls <laughs> to crawl. <laughs> the compulsion to crawl. Yes. I With, must scream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to the cock-a-doodle-doo lightning round. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, first question. Can roosters crow at other times of the day? Yes. Yes, correct. I've seen them do it. Yes. Yes, they can. So scientists have observed that the roosters can crow at any time of the day mm-hmm. because the roosters crow as a warning signal about territorial claims. Like, I am here. This is my land. Go oh, away. Oh, 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 yeah. I've seen them do that when I walk closer. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> go away. My land. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Then roosters, right, they also crow in response to sound and light stimuli. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they flash bright lights at it. Or like, you know, if a car is driving past, then mm-hmm. the car headlights are very bright. Mm-hmm. They shine on the rooster in the evening and the rooster will just crow. Oh, okay. Like a reflex got, got action. A yeah. Yeah. Reflex action. Okay. <laughs> must crow. Scared, okay. so they crow. La. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then the interesting thing is that scientists found that the roosters will react more to these stimuli in the morning than during other times of the day. Okay. So even though they can crow at any time of the day, mm-hmm. they will still be compelled to crow more in the morning. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the heart tells them to do it. Okay. Mm, I see, I see. Okay, question number two. Have you heard like a rooster crowing? Then it leads to a chain of crowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The contagious crowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to guess what's going on? It's the same la, as the howling thing. So one crow, then another crow, then crow. La. Yeah, so because they kind of like live together, uh. then it's like a warning signal like that. Uh-uh. Well, danger, danger, then uh. everybody will be on high alert. Oh. Yeah, I guess. So who crow first? The alpha rooster. You are absolutely right. <laughs> the roosters are in a gang. Oh my god. Then scientists have observed that there is a social order in the crowing. Oh. I mean, if there's danger, then of course, whoever noticed the danger will just make the sound. Ah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, right, to announce the break of dawn, oh. the highest ranking rooster gets to crow first. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Then the lower ranking rooster, right, even though the body clock tells them, it's time to crow, it's time to crow, then they will just hold it and patiently <laughs> wait. For the alpha rooster to crow first. Oh no, then the alpha rooster, what if he's late? Then everybody has to wait. 
for him to crawl. Oh my god, it's like holding in your pee. Yes. <laughs> and then everybody from the second rooster, third rooster, fourth rooster, there's a hierarchy lah. Oh my god. So gosh. The, the higher ranking ones have to crawl first before oh you can crawl. Oh my god. Then we are at the last. They just have, have to hold it in and wait. <laughs> and wait. <laughs> okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, question three. How loud is a rooster's crow? Do you know your decibels? Do you want to guess in decibels? Like, 70 is the average office noise, you know? Okay, okay. Then, like, if somebody is doing lawn mowing outside, mm-hmm. then from inside the house is about 75. Then city traffic is about 85. Hair dryer is 90. Uh, it's not very loud, what? Motorcycle is 100. The crow. Uh-huh. Nightclub is 110. Jackhammer 130. What, what, what do you think? Where's the range? <laughs> what do you think is between? Do you think it's not very loud? I think it's quite loud eh, yesterday when I go. I think it's quite loud, but it's not like that loud. Like it's not like heavy metal concert. Heavy metal concert is maybe 120. Okay, so I guess 100 lah. 100. 100. <laughs> motorcycle around there. Yeah. Okay, motorcycle and automatic hand dryer. <laughs> Yes, from a distance away, right? Mm. It is around 95 decibels, so you're mm-hmm, quite mm-hmm, accurate. Mm-hmm. It's as loud as a food processor. Okay, okay. Uh, that, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That. Correct, correct. And it's louder than a hairdryer. Mm. Uh, louder than a hairdryer. Mm-hmm. But right next to their heads, right? The scientists actually put sensors at the rooster head. <laughs> okay. To measure this. It is more than 130 decibels. Oh my gosh. Which is as loud as standing near a jet engine. Okay, don't stand next to the rooster when they crow. Correct. <laughs> the fun fact is that the loudest rooster crow has been measured at over 143 decibels, <laughs> which is even louder than a gunshot. Oh my gosh. Mm. How compelled. Maybe he was the last rooster and he's like, everybody <laughs> is so late today. I must scream very loud. <laughs> my heart, my heart tells me too. My inner body clock says, I must, I must do it. Okay, next question. Huh? Mm. If the roosters are so loud, how do they not damage their ears or get tinnitus? Uh, there must be some kind of engineering in their ear that they can block out that sound or something. Do they even have ears? Do you think roosters have ears? Yes, they can hear. How you know? Because when you clap, then they will have a reaction, what? Ah, so smart. So she's (laughs) the kind that claps at roosters. I see. At birds. She has confessed to (laughs) scaring birds by clapping at them. (laughs) Then they will feel compelled to crow. Mm. (laughs) Yes, you're absolutely right. They have a special adaptation. So when a rooster's beak is fully open as it is crowing, mm. a quarter of the ear canal actually closes. Ah, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. Like a mechanism. Correct. Then soft tissue will cover 50% of the eardrum. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Which means that a rooster has never heard its own crow at full strength. Oh. That's why they can scream as loud as they want. Yeah. To their heart's content. Yeah. It will always be dampened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they will never know how loud they actually are. Mm. I'm thinking whether it's similar in a human when we talk really loud. Then we, our, our ear will close up. We hear ourselves, but not that much. Hmm, you can present it to us in another episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> so anyway, if a hen 
or another bird mm. accidentally stands too near a rooster when it crows, mm-hmm. they can quickly regenerate hair cells in their inner ear if they get damaged. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Special <laughs> function. Oh yeah, normally when they... <laughs> if they stay very near right, yeah. each other in a coop or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They can regenerate if oh, it gets injured. Oh, wow. They have evolved ear healing ability because their husband is too loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, funny eh. Okay, last question. What is the first mention of cock-a-doodle-doo? Cock-a-doodle-doo. I don't know. It sounds like a nursery rhyme or some sort. Ding, ding, ding. Absolutely right. <laughs> it was a nursery rhyme published in London in 1765. Uh-huh. That's more than 200 years ago. Amazing. Mm. Cock-a-doodle-doo. My dame has lost her shoe. My master's lost his fiddling stick and knows not what to do. I see. Yeah, I had to Google what a fiddling stick is. A violin. How come you know? They used to call a violin a fiddle. Yeah, it's a violin bow. Yeah. I thought fiddling stick is the stick you go and disturb the chicken with. No. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Okay, we've reached the almost end of our podcast. And now it is time for... One thing to recommend. My recommendation for this week is... Room slippers. This hmm. is actually quite essential in colder countries so your bare feet don't touch the cold ground mm-hmm. in the room. Mm-hmm. But in Singapore, we rarely use them because it's hot but the weather here. Mm-hmm. But because these few days, it keep raining mm-hmm. and everybody is very cold. So yeah, I think having room slippers is pretty good. Mm. I already have the habit of having house slippers and room slippers <laughs> because I got flat feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if I stand too long on hard ground, then my feet will be very pain. Mm. So I have a habit of uh, room slippers and mm. house slippers. Mm. Yeah, I'm very amazed that you just discovered room slippers. <laughs> I didn't just discover. Oh, you only just want to recommend it to yeah, our yeah, listeners. Yeah. Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. Insulate your feet, guys. Insulate. My recommendation for this week is a Netflix TV series called Superstore. Ah. Mm. It's a comedy satire type of show mm-hmm. about a bunch of people working in a chain store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very tickled by it because mm-hmm. it reminds me of my time back when I was at FairPrice and managing a supermarket. Ah, yes. Mm. Because you recommended it to me, so I watched a little bit of it. And mm. I was amazed to hear that some of the things are really real. Mm. Like the, the way that the employees react to certain things mm. or like they like suddenly were all like go into the break room and I'm like, huh? Then no we need to be outside, man. Like manning the Yeah, yeah, we'll leave the cashiers <laughs> outside, but we'll have meetings. Like there yeah. needs to be a time for meetings, uh. yeah. yeah. And we'll all go inside the office. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. Then if the mystery shopper comes, then we have to guess who is the mystery shopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah then yeah, we'll yeah. review the CCTV footage and guess yeah, who is the mystery yeah. shopper. I didn't think that it would be such a big deal, but it is. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah, first few episodes actually not very good, but it gets better after a while. So we got to sit through it. Yeah. Mm, mm. Well, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Tingan, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately... You can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we'll search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. 
And now, we're off to record One More Thing, a Patreon-only podcast called One, one More thing. thing. So, see you there!